blessing somebody's ministry right now. Father, we thank you that you're blessing somebody's family right now and bringing what's broken back together. Father, we thank you that you're doing something awesome in the midst of your people. Father, we thank you that in the midst of pandemic and in the midst of my problem and in the midst of what I'm going through, in the midst of my scenario, yet will I give you the glory. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be in our mouth. Come on, 30 more seconds of praise. Put whatever you're doing down for a moment and just praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. He's worthy of glory from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. The Lord's name is worthy, worthy to be praised. I dare you to open up your mouth and give him a hallelujah. I dare you to clap those hands and give him a thank you, Jesus. I dare you to give him a glory to God. I don't care where you are right now. Just take a moment and give glory to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, that which was, which is, and which is to come. Hallelujah. God's about to do something in your life. God's about to do something in your finances. God's about to do something in your household. I feel it in the, in the spirit, in the anointing tonight. God's about to do something, hallelujah, with that idea you've got. God's about to do something with what you have in your hand, regardless of what it is. God's about to turn it into something Something great, something exceeding and abundantly, oh God, the exceeding and abundantly above all, you can ask for faith according to the power that's working in you. I dare you to share this post with somebody who's going through tonight. Yet will I praise him, yet will I trust him, yet will I give him glory, yet will I magnify him, yet will I glorify him. Hallelujah. Come on, you got about 10 more seconds to stop what you're doing and recognize the Lord our God, his sovereignty, his providential glory, his eternity. Hallelujah. We bless him, we bless him, we bless him, we bless him. We bless him. Well, tonight, listen, I thank you for joining me uh, at the Liberty Christian Church International. Tonight, 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 we are going to close out of this series, Out of Control with a word that says God has the last say about me. Listen, text somebody right now and tell them God has the last say about you. Call the kids from downstairs and from the other room and just speak over their life and say, listen, God's got the last say about you. If you know somebody right now who's dealing with trouble, who's dealing with trauma, who's dealing with an issue in their life, I want you to share this feed with them and let them know. Give them a word of edification and encouragement. Let them know that God has the last say about you. So this is going to be the final installment in this series, Out of Control. I believe that God has been blessing us and speaking some things into our spirit man. Uh, next week, we're going to begin a new series entitled Victory Lap, Understanding Who You Are in Christ Jesus. So tonight, let's go into the word of God. Uh, listen, uh, before we get into the word, I just want to say uh, that Out of Control, by definition, is to become out of hand. No longer do you have management over yourself. No longer do you have direction over yourself. No longer do you have regulation over yourself. It is unmanageable or it is unruly. For example, housing costs are out of control or the children were getting out of hand again. You hear me? The first term uses control in the sense of restraint a usage dating from the late 1500s. The variant uses 
uh, hand in the sense of power. So out of power or out of authority. So when we're talking about being out of control, it is being out of power with your own life or being out of authority of your own life. It dates all the way back to the 1800s, lacking the power or the authority over something. Proverbs 29, 18, I want you to go there with me very quickly. We're going to move through some scripture tonight. The Bible says, build it line upon line, precept upon precept. Praise the Lord. I want you to get your Bibles if you don't already have it. We're going to Proverbs. It's our first scripture, chapter 29, verse 18. And it says, where there is no vision, I'm reading in the Amplified, where there is no vision, no revelation of God and his word, the people are unrestrained or cast off restraint. Where there is no vision, no revelation of God and his word, the people are unrestrained or they cast off restraint, having no control over the situation. A sure way to allow your life to spin out of control is to walk with no vision for your life. Wow. A sure way to let your life spin out of control is to walk with no vision for your life. If you're taking notes, I want you to take notes and I want you to put some of these things in the feed so if somebody wants to come back and watch it again, they can come back and see uh, some of the recap. A sure way to allow your life to spin out of control is to walk with no vision for your life, no plan, no strategy, no game plan whatsoever. Where there is no revelation of God, hear me, where there is no revelation of God and his word, there is no restraint. All right? When you examine the eternal nature of God, you know that God cannot be taught. He must be revealed. Oh, my God. Say that again, Pastor Johnson. Yes, I will. When you examine the eternal nature of God, I'm going to slow this thing down so you can get it. You know that God cannot be taught. He must be what? Revealed. It was God who revealed himself to Moses. Come on now, follow with me. It was God who revealed himself in the burning bush. It was God who revealed himself to Paul, Saul, on the road to Damascus. And he said, uh, why are you persecuting me? Y'all know the story in the book of Acts. It was God who revealed himself to Elijah. It was God who revealed himself to Samson. And so many more other examples we don't have time to get into tonight. How has God revealed himself to you? I'll wait. How has God revealed himself to you? Wow. So in order for you to alleviate spinning out of control, you must have a working revelation of who God is. Who is God to you? I'll wait. I want to invoke and have you think about some things tonight. Who is God to you? Or what is he? To you, is he a healer? Is he a waymaker? Is he a deliverer? Is he a savior? Huh? What is God to you? What has He revealed to you? If you're writing notes, what has God revealed to you? Do you understand the gravity and the power of the God you serve? My God, do you have a working knowledge of the power and the authority of the God you serve? If not, guess what? We'll get you there. It's okay, but I pray that you have at least some knowledge of the power of the God that you serve. Hallelujah. Your declaration must become, God has the last say about me. Tell somebody right now, 
God has the last say about me. So the next time you get some undesirable news, your spiritual reflex has to be, God has the last say about me. The next time you're faced with an obstacle, your response is, God has the last say about me. When the enemy wants to attack your mind late in the midnight hour, you know how he does. Counter it with, come on, God has the what? Last say about me. When the doctor's report comes back with the diagnosis, your confession is, God has the last say about me. When you get back to your place of employment <laughs> and your manager or your coworkers after this pandemic and stuff is over and your coworkers want to get on your nerves and they want to test you. I know your, your, your natural reflex is to slap somebody, but we're not, we're not going to do that. I want you to declare out loud in your workplace, God has the last say about me. The enemy can't do anything with what God has said about you. He has to back up. Lord have mercy. He has to respect he has to abide by the hand of God on your life. A sure way to prevent your life from being out of control is to not only get out of the enemy's control, but to allow God's influence over your life to conform you to your next. I'll say that again. A sure way to prevent your life from spinning out of control. I'm not talking to everybody, but I'm talking to somebody. Is to not only get out of the enemy's control, but to allow God's influence over your life to conform you to your next. Somebody say, I want my next. You must say to yourself that I will not lose control or allow my emotions, my train of thought, or my reactions to my situation become unmanageable because God is in control. Underline this, what I'm about to say. Even in these times, God is not absent. He is absolute. Oh, my God, that's a revelation right there. Even in these times, put that in the feed. God is not absent. He's absolute. He's a sure thing. Ha, it's a guarantee. My God, none of what you are going through has taken God by surprise. Oh, my God. You mean what I'm going through right now, what I'm dealing with right now, what I'm having to face right now? Yes, none of that has taken God by surprise. I serve a God who sits high, who understands exactly where you are and exactly what you are going through. Let's talk about Job for a moment. Job's life was perfect until one day, all of a sudden, when God removed the hedge from around his life, it began to spin out of control. Yet, Job trusted God. Guess what? Job received four bad reports in one day, losing his children, his livestock, and other assets. And in the midst of this, his wife tells him, yeah, his wife tells him, you should curse God and die. Wow. Yet in all the trouble, all the bad reports, all the drama, he was upset, yes, but he never lost his faith in God and was able to endure a trying moment. It was just for a moment. Weeping may endure for a night, just for a moment. But joy, guess what? It's coming in the morning. He was able to hold on in a trying moment, because he had a relationship, a sure relationship with God. He was able to keep his emotions under control. And for some of us, that's, that's a big lesson, keeping our emotions in check when we want to say something, when we want to do something. Huh? He was grieved 
He was angry, he was depressed, and he was sorrowful, yet he remained in control of himself. Somebody say amen to that. Job had a 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 moment with himself. What does 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 say? Let's go there right now. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. I'll give you a second to get over there. But Job was able to hold on to keep himself under control in the midst of what he was dealing with. And that is a challenging thing for a lot of people. Very challenging. But guess what? 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says what? Casting down imaginations. Huh? And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity. Watch this. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Sometimes you have to verbalize your victory over a thing and say to yourself, no, I cast that thought down in the name of Jesus. No, I'm not going to allow myself to keep thinking about this. No, I'm not going to allow this to grow and mature within myself. Because guess what? If I don't cast this thing down immediately and I think on this thing long enough, dot, 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 what's going to happen? You're going to fester on it and you could probably act on it what those thoughts have become and act on what you've been thinking. Can I remind you that although things may seem out of our control, God is still in control. Understand that some things occur at the direction of God. Wow. Other things occur because God allows it. I'll say that again. Some things occur at the direction of God. Other things occur because God has allowed it. Sometimes God will allow things in order to bring a revelation, a miracle, or a testimony. I'll say that again. Sometimes God will allow things to happen in order to bring a revelation of who he is, a miracle in your life, or a testimony. You know what the word says? We overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our what? Testimony. You must understand the will of God is divinely split into two. What are you talking about, Pastor Johnson? I'm glad you asked. There is the perfect will of God. I hope you hear me. I hope that you can go back and digest this and, and, and just chew on this for a little bit. God's will is split into two. There's the perfect will of God. Stay with me. Righteousness, his truth, his strategy, his game plan, his blueprint for your life is the perfect will of God. Flip the coin. There's also the permissive will of God. Stay with me now in the Holy Ghost. What God may allow to happen for your edification or for his glory. My God. So you got the will of God split in two. You have the perfect will of God. And then you have the permissive will of God. Job was living in the perfect will of God until the enemy noticed it. Watch this. And he requested to afflict him. God said, okay, just don't kill him. You can affect his body, his family. Just don't kill him. In which case, Job moved from the perfect will of God now to the permissive will of God. Isn't it something how the enemy will notice you? <laughs> Isn't that something how he will notice you? Notice your worship, huh? Notice your character. Notice your walk with God. Notice your stance and notice your spirit of excellence, right? And cannot wait to try to throw a distraction or set a trap to get you off course. But guess what? God is in control and God has the last say. Let somebody know that the enemy has noticed me. 
but God still won't get the glory out of my life. Amen. So what are you dealing with at present? Could it be that God is trying to reveal something to you? Hmm. Could it be that he wants to show you his power, his authority, his glory? Could it be that he wants to upgrade your testimony? My God, that's powerful. Regardless of what it is, understand that God has the last say about you. At the conclusion of Job's story, he received everything he lost, plus he got double what he had before. He got double because he passed the test and kept himself in control. Never cursed God, never said a foul word against God. He allowed the will of God to be done in his life. Even when his three friends tried to make sense of his predicament, it never had the command or the influence over him. What will be the conclusion of this chapter in your life? I'm declaring this chapter and the next chapter and the next chapter of your life will end in victory. Somebody shout victory. In Genesis, God gives us certain levels of dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the birds of the air, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. That same dominion is relevant and appropriate today. I want to remind you that you have the final authority and the dominion over your own life. Anything you don't control will control you huh? or cause you to become out of control. Let's go to Luke 10, verse 19. Luke 10, verse 19. We're going to pull out Bibles tonight. We're going to pull out scriptures tonight. We're going to look at some word tonight. Let's go. Luke 10, 19. Behold, read it with me. I give unto you power to what? Tread on serpents and what else? Scorpions, uh-huh, and all of the power of the enemy. But it keeps going on. It says what? And nothing shall by any means what? Hurt you. That sounds like God has designated huh, and pronounced you victorious. My God, even in the midst of battle, is the battle really yours or is it the Lord's? I believe it's the Lord's. Job had a revelation in Job 22, 28. Let's go there. I told y'all we're going to be flipping some scriptures tonight. Leave out of Luke 10, 19. Now go over to the Old Testament, Job 22, 28. I want to I give you a principle here that's going to stay with you. In the realm of the spirit. Job 22, 28. I hope you got it. I'm going to read it. It says, thou shalt also decree a thing. My goodness. And it shall be established unto thee. And the light shall shine upon thy ways. This week, I want to challenge you to start decreeing some things in the atmosphere. Understand that the level of your authority can speak to ungodly, contrary, negative, and demonic spirits. Yeah, demonic spirits. You have the power. Don't be afraid to decree out loud that in the name of Jesus, I have the victory. Come on. Let's make some proclamations right now. Here we go. Say this. In the name of Jesus, I have the victory. My God. In the name of Jesus, I am a supernatural child of God. Come on. Let's keep going. In the name of Jesus, everything linked to me is victorious. Uh-huh. In the name of Jesus. Victory is in my very DNA. Hallelujah. Now put a praise on that. Hallelujah. Put a praise on that. Hallelujah. Victory is in your very DNA. Sometimes you have to declare his name out loud. Do I have a few witnesses that know the name? 
Say the name and demons must flee. Say the name and every disruption must bow. Say the name and things concerning you must come into divine order. Say the name and storms dissipate. Say the name and confusion scatters. Say the name and unlock your destiny. If you don't utilize the authority of the name, the authority of the word of God, and the authority of the Holy Spirit, then the enemy will come in and throw everything out of whack and start your life spinning out of control. Make your stance in the realm of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, I have the victory. Here's an example. If you don't manage an illness, watch this. an illness, it will get out of control. It's very challenging to get things back in control once you've lost control. Are you still with me, y'all? We still good? Okay. Those who understand your vehicles, the car that you drive, you know that there is a term called preventive maintenance, like getting your oil changed, getting your fluids changed, right? Your alignment and your tune-up. You got to get that stuff done periodically or bigger issues will happen down the road with your engine and your transmission. This whole series we've been dealing with has been based on alternative spiritual measures of preventative maintenance so that you can catch the issues before it becomes unmanageable. If you don't pay a bill, guess what? <laughs> Eventually it's going to go where? To collections. And it's going to stain your credit out of control. If you don't watch your weight, uh-oh, I'm talking to somebody now, and you're just eating everything, it's going to get out of hand. And you have to employ a means to start losing weight. When you understand the level of supernatural spiritual authority that you have with God on your side, you are more than a conqueror. You have already overcome because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I'm not going to allow certain things concerning my life to get out of control. Why? Because it's going to be harder to get them back into position later on. Okay? You still with me? All right. John, 1 John 4 and 4. Then your life, according to John 4 and 4, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I'm, I'm moving on. Your entire life outlook and landscape of your life will change completely. We must be discerning enough to see when things are starting to go in the wrong direction and alter it. It's called self-restraint, self-control, and self-awareness. Like Job, we're living in an active war zone. War is going on all around us. War of the worlds. War of the kingdoms. War between holy and unholy. Light and darkness. You must understand certain elements of war and the rules of engagement. One, the enemy does not play fair. Let's go to John 10. Verse 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. The enemy does not play fair. As you're turning there, let's go. It says, the thief cometh not. Come on, read it with me. But for to steal, come on, keep reading. And to kill and to what? Destroy. Keep reading. I am come that they might have what? Life and that they may have it how? More abundantly. 
Jesus tells us what the enemy's job is. Guess what? We, we know what he's coming to do. Steal, kill, and destroy. But he has still made himself available in spite of or during the same time the enemy's doing what he does. Okay, so he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come, huh? That you might have what? Life and have it more abundantly. Yes, he came to do this. But while he's doing that, I'm going to offer you this. Catch that in the spirit. He's come to do whatever he's come to do. But at the same time, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. So in essence, there was a choice to be made here. Watch this. You can either accept what the enemy is trying to take from you, or you can accept what Jesus came to give you. Lord have mercy. That's a revelation. You can either accept what the enemy has come to do, or you can accept what Christ came to give you. So the believer must make a determination on what you are going to allow. They cannot happen simultaneously. It is either one or the other. No man can serve two masters. Two, the enemy is trying at all costs to defeat you, even when he knows he's going to ultimately lose. Lord have mercy. The fact that he will lose does not slow down his attempt. Stay with me. I know we have some technical difficulties, but I want you to hear this word. Hear this. The fact that the enemy will lose does not slow down his attack against you. Let's go to Revelation chapter 12, verse 12. And I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. I want you to write it down, though. Therefore, rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and, the, and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having what? Great wrath, because he knoweth that he has but a short time. The fact that the time is short means that the strategies of the enemy are not necessarily strong. Watch this. But they are consistent. One after the other. Blow after blow. I got a bill. I got a relative sick. I got somebody I know that's been locked up. I got something that's hit my body. I got something going on at work. I got something going on with my car. I got something going. See, it's always back to back and consistent. Doesn't mean that those attacks are strong because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. But they are consistent. The enemy knows your weakness and will pick at it over and over like, a, like something that you hurt yourself, like an injury. He'll pick at it over and over again in order to infiltrate the weakest link and expose your Achilles heel. We all know that scripture declares that no weapon, y'all know it, no weapon, that's what? Formed against you will be able to what? Prosper. Now watch this. It does not mean that the scheme will not be devised. The enemy will still form the weapon. Come on. He will still devise the plan to attack your life. The attack will be imminent. But it will not end in defeat. A lot of times we take that scripture out of context as if the enemy is not going to attack us. Yes, he's going to attack. He's going to form the weapon. He's going to devise a plan to shoot that weapon in your direction. But guess what? The word of God says it will not prosper, which means it will not work. It will not have final victory. You are standing in true covenant and in true position and in alignment with God and his truth. Then you will have the victory. Somebody shout, I've got the victory. Number three, when war is going on, you must be vigilant. You must watch your back and you must be strategic. Let's go to Ephesians 6, 18. I want to make sure you get this tonight. We're going to close this series out. Under, uh, living out of control, all right? Ephesians 6, 18. It says, praying always with all prayer 
and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. We are going to have to depend on God. Watch this to navigate us through these things that are outside of our control. Learn to wait on, to rely on, and to rest in God. I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to wait. I don't fully comprehend the present day experience of what's going on in our society, but I believe that God does. I'm going to rely on him, and I'm going to give all of my issues over to him. I'm going to rest knowing that I'm covered. Somebody type that in the feed. I'm covered. As we maneuver through life, we will experience things that we cannot control. You have to realize what mode to operate in at any given time. I'm getting ready to close this thing out. The first mode is survival mode, a method of staying alive. In survival mode, you must alter the usual flow of life in an attempt to stay alive. How many of y'all are in survival mode right now? Your focus is doing whatever you need to do to survive. The next mode is fight mode. In a position to defend. Peter went into fight mode against the centurions in Jesus' final hours. There are times that warrant you to go into fight mode. But in this, know this. How to fight and what weapons are available to you in your arsenal. Since you are not wrestling against flesh and blood. Hear me now in the spirit. You have to go to your artillery closet and select the weapon that is conducive for the moment. Sometimes you have to use the right words that provoke thought and action. Sometimes you got to fast. Huh? Sometimes you got to go into worship. All these are levels and ways of warfare. Guess what? The children of Israel on the seventh day, they worshiped. They made a sound of worship. And the wall, when they're watching around the walls of Jericho, the wall fell down flat. Sometimes you have to use scripture. Huh? In warfare, sometimes you have to use clapping or stomping from your arsenal. Third mode is prayer mode. In a posture of prayer, knowing when to pray in the spirit versus praying in the natural. Knowing how to go into the Holy Ghost when you need to. Okay? There are prayers of praying in the natural. Father God, we thank you right now. We And, and just go into warfare that way. Prayers of healing. Father, we thank you that your word declares that I am healed from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet, that you've allowed healing to be available to me, that by your stripes I am healed. So there are prayers of healing. There are prayers of deliverance. I want to get somebody delivered from something. There are prayers of victory. Okay? There are prayers of breakthrough. We're going to deal with some of these things a little bit later on. But there are different types of prayers that you need to be able to use at a moment's notice. Okay? Then there's quiet mode. Knowing when to go in quiet mode. Sometimes you have to be quiet enough to listen. Sometimes you have to be still. And here's your example. The children of God marched around the same walls of Jericho before they got to the seventh day. They marched around those walls one time every day for six days. And the Bible says that they did not say a word. There are some times that you won't have to march around stuff and just be quiet. Lord have mercy. That's a revelation. And wherever your feet shall tread, you possess the land. No wind. To be quiet. Beloved, you have the victory over every snare, every weapon, every lie spoken against you, every bad report, every dysfunctional, every flawed, every broken, debilitated, decayed, defective, deteriorated, inhibited area of your life. Guess what? It does not have the last say. 
there are two forms of time. I'm bringing this to a close. I'm not talking about AM and PM. I'm talking about the Kronos and the Kairos. The Kronos, C-H-R-O-N-O-S, and the Kairos, the K-A-I-R-O-S. Kronos is defined as the sequential order of time. Do you have a watch? That's your Kronos. One second after the other, one minute after the other, one hour after the other, one day after the other. And then there's the, there's the Kairos. My God, listen to this in the spirit. Which is a propitious moment for the decision or action. It's God's divine timing to act. Even though God is eternal, he has the ability to move in and out of our time zones and space whenever he gets ready. Understand that he has set up the Kronos, but moves in the Kairos. Ha, you're living in the Kronos, but God can always shift in you into the Kairos. I believe that you are about to start living in a Kairos moment. I want to prophetically declare that I believe that your Kairos moment is about to be revealed. I believe in this present day, God is moving by his spirit, Lord have mercy, on your behalf to bring change, to bring transformation, to bring total victory, and to bring something powerful into your life. I believe that tonight. Guess what? God has the last say. I want to pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your blessings tonight. We thank you for your anointing that's destroyed yokes tonight. We're not going to just close our Bibles up. We want you to continue to speak to us about how we can get the victory over our life and not allow our lives to fall and spin out of control. I pray for that person that's watching tonight. It might not be for everybody, but it's for somebody. And that somebody's watching. And I thank you that you're moving in that somebody's life, helping them to see who they really are, helping them to know that you have spoken some powerful, impactful, mind-blowing things into their life. And they're going to start walking in those things from the chronos to the Kairos. In Jesus' name, Lord, I give you praise, I give you honor, I give you glory as we've been able to study your word, open it up, to read it, to understand the revelation that you're trying to give to us. We know that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but at the same time, you're offering us life and life more abundantly. So we accept that life and life more abundantly tonight. I declare it now. Everybody that's watching via social media and every, wherever this is being played, I decree and declare the life and life more abundantly to hit that person's life, to hit that person's household, to hit that person's entire family, their entire circle, that life and life more abundantly will be made revelatory unto them in the name of Jesus. I pray. Amen. If you've been watching this broadcast tonight and you want to join in with uh, Liberty Christian Church International, you may do so by going to our website at LCCIMD. Dot org. If you want to sow a seed tonight, you might do so via Cash App at LCCIMD with the dollar sign in front of it, or you can go to LCCIMD.org slash give. I'm praying for you that God will continue to do the exceeding, the abundantly, the above all in your life. As we bring this series to a close, you are not going to allow your life to spin out of control, but you're going to be what God called you to be. You're going to do what God called you to do, because greater is he that lives in you than he that's in the world. I'll see y'all on Sunday, right back here, same uh, station, at 11.30 Sunday morning. God bless you. I love you. It's Pastor Johnson signing out. God bless you.